So, good to meet you both. Good to meet you. I'm going to have a quick drink. Have a quick drink. What your whistle? Oh, you're not on Monster yet. No, oh, that's your first gosh. one. Is that your first one? Here's my third at the minute. Third. Third. third, right. You might have to get a photo because my phone's here. Do you mind if we get a thing for Instagram? Oh, we can sort all that. Oh, it's fine. Enjoy it's some traffic, fine. man. It's fine. So am, am I definitely in this one? Who's on sound? <laughs> Gaz, are you on sound? Am I definitely working? Because I want to know if I'm talking into DJI. Hi. Um, I think it'll become um, both. We're not, we're not full-on professionals. Look, here you go. Look, oh, yeah, yeah. They're fairly rigged up. That, that's essentially what we're dealing with. Way, all right, so, okay. So, and said, like I said, so that's that's coming there, and that's I'll afterwards. Just do what I need and to do. And you're gonna cut up, right? Okay. I've got I've got my work cut out. Have you? So, uh, what kind of sleep did you have before preparing? I Not started much. work at six a.m. Saturday morning. Right. And then I hadn't slept since then. Wow. And work. I worked, yeah. So and what then, do you do? What do you do work-wise? This, this cafe. Oh, is this yours? This is mine. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, this is my cafe, and then uh, finish my shift. I should have done my research. Well, you didn't do any like, research. It would have been publicly known information. I can't believe, yeah. I can't believe you actually tuned into live. I'm flattered. Why, well, I did. Thank I you very much. I just walk into things and go, what am I doing here? Could have been kidnapped and all sorts of stuff. can't be asked in 20 Who knows? You know. <laughs> we, uh, I've got tracking on my iPhone. I'm joking, yeah. <laughs> We, uh, we we honestly we didn't know it were you at start because they were like what kid, knocking at the there door? were kids knocking at door like oh, trying to they, come yeah. in about ten minutes ago. No, like people's shoes like no, not here. we're like no. see you later. No, oh yeah, you can you can, <laughs> just, you can just is it just it. it's just checking if shoes are right. Yeah, okay. that's the one. Okay. We yeah, fitted okay. these blinds and we didn't do the best job. Did we? No, we on, the, on the measuring of the, yeah, you, I, I think your um, DIY skills are no, not DIY. I just say your 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 no your your sign angle. Um, that is all my work. You're just Proud boys, of that. aren't you? Yeah. Essentially. I mean, we bought all these forfeits and we just don't really. We bought all these. Can't even eat now. She's got a dog biscuit or something. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what? True story. So I'm from a council estate in Barnes called Addersley North. Barnes North. Um, Addersley North. And um, so we couldn't afford win a lot for our dog Lassie when I was a kid. So we used to buy Chappie and some nondescript biscuits. But the nondescript biscuits were really nice, actually. Because I used to nibble them. edibles. Yeah, I'm sure I used to just nibble dog biscuits. Really? Yeah. I'm sure you've had a dog biscuit before. I haven't. I tried well, the thing is, there. because I wasn't, I'm not up for having some wholesome biscuit varieties of win a lot. It's a dog biscuit. They're going to my dog. <laughs> but they can't, my dog likes ginger biscuits, so the same thing. Ginger it? biscuits? Yeah, apparently they're very calming, but she's just addicted now. That's what she's like. She's like, she's like, get yourself in. Have you ever done anything similar to what we're doing? I've done, yeah. I've What's the longest stint you've had live on air? I did 100 hours, so we did a charity thing. When I worked, so before I worked at Galaxy, or Capital, um, I used to get told off for calling it Capital. It's Capital. 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 Oh, um, very fancy. I did the breakfast show at Viking FM, and for charity we did this 100 hours on air thing. And I think we raised about, did we raise 40 grand or something? Not much. Which is, which, which was our, considering loads. we were on the radio, you know, and, and you know. And it's before people could, you know, do yeah. things online like and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did have internet in 2001 or 2002. <laughs> Intranet. It was. You know, you're just on 56k dial-up. You couldn't use the phone <laughs> and be on internet at the same time. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I think we raised about 40 grand. I was on air for 100 hours. So 6am Monday morning, right the way through to 10am on Friday morning. You don't have any sleep? No, nothing. 
Zero. We didn't do Monster back then, it was Red Bull. <laughs> we have literally done nothing. 24 hours has been... I am absolutely it's flagging. It's easy, 24 hours is easy. Hang on a minute, no, but we, are, we did wake up. We've been up for... Not 100 hours though, Dan. No. How did you manage that? I don't know, we just kept going. Lots of caffeine. But what we did, we, we, tried, to, we tried to keep ourselves busy. So we did the breakfast show in the studio, 6 till 10am. Then from 10, the DJ who was on would come on but I would be constantly joining in on the show so I'd be somewhere I'd be in an Asda somewhere in East Yorkshire I'd be somewhere else or... so we were always off doing something you're like on call it's like we were on call but we were the, I would be co-hosting the show so mm. we had early technology called a thing called the Comrex where we could essentially use you know you put a couple of sim cards in this thing it was early technology but it worked so wherever we were travelling, we were mobile. So the DJ who was on, say, the guy who was on after me on Viking was a guy called Griffo. He would then, Hesty, where are you? Da, 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 da. Oh, we're just driving out in A63. We're just going over Umber Bridge because we're going to Hessel or we're going to here, there and everywhere. So, joined, so we were always on every single show. And then we'd, do, then we'd come back to the station, do late show. Then I'd do overnight show. And then do <laughs> breakfast show. And then, yeah, so it just kept you going. And people brought sweet things down to keep, keep dog going. Dog biscuits, sandwich bread. You know, dog biscuits, <laughs> heroin. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I find heroin Moorish. <laughs> My friend on the radio once said that. I know, genuinely, I'm only joking. You know, it's not. I'm only jesting. Um, yeah, my friend once said that on the radio years ago. Did he get trouble? Did you manage yeah, to get leap it out? Or? He got fired. He got oh, fired. really? So it's a very irresponsible thing to say. <laughs> did get fired. You know what? Didn't get to good guess. Question, I want to get inside the radio here. Can I, ask sorry. me any questions on radio, by the way. Any, any questions you've got about about to ask? I was about to say, we've been right at the point out, we've not introduced this guest at all. We've oh, sorry. Welcome like, everyone to Everyone knows that. Everyone probably does know who Stephanie Hurst is. Hello. Hi. This is Stephanie Hurst. She's... A world, she's a UK famous, probably world famous radio DJ. Not really. She was <laughs> my childhood grown up, Ursa Danny Giorgio, on the honestly, I'll wait to school every day. I could not get enough. So, yes. So, you've, been, you you've been on the radio your entire life. Forever. And that, forever. And now, a bit more showbiz. Is it like, like you're doing a lot, you do TV now? I do so. a lot of telly stuff these So, I did Jeremy Vine show on Channel 5 on Friday morning. Um, I, do, I do all sorts of bits and pieces. So I'm always kind of, and I public speak for a living as well. I've got a brand called Believe Achieve. If you believe it, you can achieve it. So, because these believe. are two words. Um, you're a Believe Achiever, and I'm guessing you are as well. Look, you've got this first. Yeah, true. You believe Achiever. You believed it, you've achieved it. That is true. You're a Believe Achiever. I can tell so. you're a public speaker because I'm already getting inspired. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing it for 24 hours, I'm doing it for 24 hours, yeah, here. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So I, um, I create, because these, these, Words, believe, achieve. I saw them in a book at school because I got bullied really badly. I didn't walk out at school gates with everyone else um, for quite a considerable amount of time. So I used to stay behind in the in the library and just read anything I could get my hands on. So um, I would I'd read a book, and one day I read this book because I was working at my local radio station. I started at Radio Air in Leeds. Is that when you were like 15? 12. Were 12. you just doing teas? Yeah, I'm making tea for DJs. <laughs> We've been on Wikipedia, we know some things. <laughs> at the age of 12, I was making tea for DJs. Um, and then, but that wasn't enough. I wanted to be on air. I wanted to do a show. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be on. So I, um, I was always saying, so I saw these two words. It was this, in this paragraph. It says, and she believed and she achieved or something. I said, oh God, believe, 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 achieve, believe, achieve. 
So I used to tap on my forehead and believe and point on achieve, believe, achieve, believe, achieve. And I just wanted to do a show. But I was like 14 when yeah. I saw those words in a book, in a book at school. Then I uh, eventually at 16 got a show. Well, I covered for someone that was That's got to be one of the youngest. Yeah, surely. I think there was a couple of others that were around my age as well who, who, who started at that age. Because you could back then. You could get on mm. really young. And, um, and then I stopped saying Believe with you because I didn't need to. And it's only later in life it came back to me when I needed yeah. it. And I started saying Believe with you, Believe with you, Believe with you. And um, I just think it helps you manifest things. It helps you get off your arse. If you think, come on, I can do this. Believe, achieve, come on. Tell us about you a little... law of attraction. It's the law of attraction. It's that thoughts become reality. You manifest things. Yes, I am honestly so into law of attraction at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I just, we were literally saying it before, Ram, but I'm not like, I'm going to say, right, I'm going to be a millionaire. Then next, by next month, I'm going to be a millionaire. There's loads of hard work that's got to go into it. But as long as you're putting that positive out there, I think you're more yeah, of a positive yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like, not going to win you at Euro Millions. Exactly, you know, yeah. You're not well, gonna, we've got a ticket in cars, so we might have done. You might have done. Two people won, what was it? Was it 11 million last night? Last 12 night. million. Has it been claimed? I don't know. There we've got 12, a ticket in cars. We've got a genuine ticket in cars. Really? Car, yeah. 12 million up for grab. So I think 6 million each has gone to two people. Well, I bought a ticket, so I'll have five and a half, and you can... <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> Yeah, cheers, Come man. Feels. I'll have a couple of credits, fine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, you can, you know. <laughs> <Thought> um, <laughs> cheers, guys. But, yeah, so Believe Achieve came from that. So I started to create this brand around positivity and manifestation and all of that kind of stuff. So you was two of the country doing that now, then? Yeah, yeah. That's so it. I was in Brighton on Friday night at the Grand Hotel, which is um, quite famous. It was bombed in the 1980s. They tried to kill Margaret Thatcher there. Really? If you look it up, if you look wow. it up, the IRA bombed it in 1984. Um, in fact, I think the room I stayed, all the, there's, if, you, if you Google it or look it up, you can see the front, there's part of the front section that was completely just blown out and wow. five people lost their lives oh because it was the Conservative Party conference yeah. in 1984 that were held there. And obviously the troubles in, in Northern Ireland that was happening and the, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very, obviously a very long and complex story. Um, but all the government... We're staying in that hotel. So you've got them all in one place. I mean, it, for, yeah. for the IRA, it seemed right. like a... a like, wrap up, put a bow on it. Yeah. I think that it pretty much was that. Five birds, one stone, they were hoping for. I, I think that was the, the thought process. Obviously, we had the Good Friday Agreement. This is going to be serious, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, but all of that. So, so actually, I'd always, when I've been in Brighton, I've been in Brighton loads of times over the years, I've always kind of looked at it because it's one of my, you know, growing up during the 1980s, because I'm old. Um, <laughs> growing up, that's one of my first memories. I remember the Falklands War when I was really little and then that, that bomb happening right. at, at, at the Grand. So, you know, you always remember the first news stories as a yeah. child, don't you? I don't know what yours were when you were growing up. Maybe been Diana or something like well, that. Well, like 9-11, isn't it? Oh, 9/11? yeah, 9-11. Yeah. yeah. Just. Just. What, what years were you born? 96. 96, yeah. so you'd have been one in 97 when Diana died. So yeah. you yeah. Right about 97 when the wheel big telly arts. Yeah. Arts, go on, big back light. Yeah, that's the one. I remember yeah. School. Yeah. Brazil versus England yeah. quite well. Oh, they, yeah. They yeah. Too. So you, yeah. You, you just remember these, these yeah. key things happening. And for me, you know, probably being a decade ahead of you guys, um, it, that's my remembering, memory in the 80s. So Pretty surreal to perform there. It was quite, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an historical building anyway. So being in there last, uh, on Friday night was, was cool. I had this amazing room as well. It was beautiful. It was, it was honestly stunning. Um, so, yeah, so I get to travel all over the place. I was in Edinburgh a few weeks ago um, and working for loads of big brands. So I kind of stepped back from doing daily radio. Okay. Was that a massive change for you? 
Yeah, but there's only so there's only so much Ed Sheeran you can play. Did you feel like you'd sort of done? You'd, you'd completed it, so like time to move no, on. No, I'm not. I'm not done. I'll go back to Daily Radio at some point in my life. I'm yeah. not. It's not completely over. Yeah. But I just had this calling to to just help people achieve their dreams. I just you know, and that's what I want to do. I want to travel. I want to get it into. I was in Europe doing it last year. I want to get the thing is I want to believe achieve my way into America. That's the right. next thing. So because well, there's, there's, there's so much we can do in this world. I agree. What's what's the goal for that company itself? What's so obviously said America. Have you got like a certain like, like uh, the one in Brighton that you that you like what right what yeah, to play? Yeah. Is there a certain like place in America that you like? I'd love to sell out. I don't I don't know how many places. Broadway. Yeah, I don't, you know what I mean. Like something like that. I could make it into a theatre show and yeah. put it on Broadway. I suppose I could, couldn't I? Yeah, it's an idea. That's a great yeah, idea. It probably is. Listen, a I'm not show after what ten percent. I was thinking that this morning. It could be a theatre show. Uh, but yeah, I says you play. Let's try market here. Let's try here and there. Yeah. So, so I do that. So, so, but obviously you want to ask about Galaxy and Capital. We want to take it back. Take it back. So when you went, I think when obviously I did read that you got your job. Uh, you know, making teas first. Was that intention to get on radio? Or like, oh, it's just a job making yeah, teas. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You, you and got that's in. How you because, started. Yeah, it's how you start. You get in because you. You know, you just don't get on straight away. I wouldn't have on age of 12 these days, would they, to make no, teas and that's, stuff? That's it, it's very different. Because the DJs back in the 90s or 80s or whatever, you know, they'd have their cars, they'd have a sponsored car from the local car dealership. Like Alan Partridge? Yeah, like Pat, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it'd be sign written down the side. Yeah. So it'd be like, certain DJ drives something from Ringway's yeah. father or right, whatever. Okay. And... Um, and they'd swan up in their fancy cars. They'd get out, you know, come into the studio. And it'd be all us, the helpers, that was doing the, you know, preparing their records. So, and because everything's computerized today, so the artist, it's called PRS, Performance Rights Society. Yeah. You know, the, the way the artists get paid when they get, and they get a very small amount, but when the artists get paid for their music being played on the radio, all of that is logged on a computer these days. But when I was... When I was first starting out, it was my job to write down log every it. song that the log in. It was called log in. I had to log every song that the DJs played. So the title, the artist, the composer, what record label it was on, how long we played it for. And you had to do all of that and then make tea and then put the records away. And all of that changed when computers arrived. Yeah. Everything's computerized these days. Um, so there was that and making, and making tea. So that's how you kind of started. So we were just me, Chris Miles. There was a bunch of us. We all... It was like runners, really, weren't you? We thought, were runners. Me and Miles set. were runners for a guy called Carl Kingston. And um, As if. That's how, we got, that's how we got started. And a guy called Paul Stead got me in originally, who is a TV... Um, a bit of a TV genius. You know the Yorkshire Vet and Friday mm. on the Farm yeah. created all of those shows. Um, so, yeah, so I was really lucky that I was around a load of amazing people. And you soak that up when you're a kid, mm. you know. You like you, you're like a sponge. Mm. So, um, and it was amazing. And it was just to, to be around it in, in that time. And radio was really kind of changing at that point. We're going from DJs talking a lot on radio into nineties and noughties where DJs said very little, mm -hmm. and a lot of the content happened on breakfast shows. Yeah. So I got bored when I when I got on every day and I, I got you know playing records every day and stuff on the radio. I loved it, but I got bored. Cause I wanted to do more, mm. so I then wanted to get on breakfast. That so, seems like the most fun show. It was, yeah, because it's the one that everyone's really the one is that the statistics that's the one that's listened to the most. Yeah, it's got the most most because it's just listeners. everyone commuting, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, and that's obviously changing now because yeah. people. Spotify. Listen to radio. Spotify and also people work from home these yeah. days true, and true. all sorts of stuff. So you know, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's it, we live in a different world. Yeah. And you know, radio will always be there, yeah. and it's always really important. We've got everything on demand, won't we? So everything, you know, I think what we're going to find in the future is radio in a linear form will always exist, but it become more like. Netflix and, and you know podcasts will become More just niche. audio but just audio on demand shows yeah. will become on yeah. demand you can listen whenever you want you look at BBC Sounds and stuff yeah. like that I was going to say BBC there's, Sounds yeah, yeah there's just everything is everything becomes on demand but you can still listen to live if you want that'll always be there it's just evolving and I'm a big fan of things evolving I'll never get stuck in the past I'm always like you're mega busy thing? but I was going to say I don't know if you I actually looked into that but I don't know if you've got a podcast but you you should, you'd host a good podcast, I think. I am currently working with a couple of friends, um, or three of, the, three of the ladies actually working on a podcast. And I've got two other podcasts in development, one of them being the Believe Achieve podcast. Um, but everyone said to me, oh, you should do a podcast, oh, you should do a podcast. But I just didn't want to jump on the bandwagon because everyone seems to have got a podcast. Do you know what I mean? It just yeah. seems oversaturated. There's so much content out there and everyone's fighting and it's just, it's like social media, it's mm. noisy. Yeah. Look at TikTok, it's just, I love TikTok, but it breaks my head because there's too much. Mm. You flick a boo, another thing, another thing, another thing, another thing. It's just, it's, it, it's too just stimulating. Too it's, yeah, it's just, it is, it really is. My attention span is like that much yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it. it actually breaks my brain sometimes. I have to cut. I can do 10, 15 minutes and then my brain is fried. Do you not do you find you get lost for an hour though? I sometimes have to say to myself, right, I'm coming off this after 15 minutes and like yeah. two hours later, I'm like, I'm still in bed. No, no, I got, I got, I love cats. I'm going to be like crazy old cat woman or something like that in the future. <laughs> um, but I was watching cat, there was a cat fight and you always hear cat fights at night, don't you? Middle of night. Squealing. So squealing. But you very rarely see them fighting and there was, Anyway, I just put cat fight into TikTok and got lost for an hour. Just cat <laughs> scrapping. Is that your feed now? Just, she wants it, Stephanie. Give cat face. The algorithm is that cats are, you know, cat, she wants cat scrapping. I'm like, not really. You have to retrain it. Just search for something else. Get it cleansed. Put something else in. Um, but, but yeah, what was saying now about... Um, well, we're talking about introducing to radio and obviously then yeah. evolving into like different forms of media. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, that is the future. I think we're just going to have lots of different... It's a bit like, look at Netflix, linear TV, like your BBC one through to Channel 5, mm. and you've got Netflix and Disney Plus and, you know, whichever, Amazon Prime. I think it's going to be like that for radio. There's just going to be different platforms. It's going to be linear audio. You don't think it's going to be... This is just for, like, video content on Netflix. You don't think it's going to be full circle, though, because it started off with just Netflix. You know, in my opinion now, you've got to have Amazon, Disney... We haven't got Hulu, but you know all them and Paramount, yeah. and it's just like all going to become what satellite Virgin Sky were, won't it? Someone, yeah, someone ought to bundle yeah. them all together and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. got streaming yeah. services. They will though, because they make so much money. Yeah, yeah. they make so much well, money. Well, that's what they've realised, isn't it? We all Netflix exclusive. Like, no, actually, we'll pull that off Netflix. We're having it. Like, I think yeah. Disney used to be on it and stuff, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, it's so. just. But then you look every month at how much you're spending on this stuff. I don't know if anybody's watching, and you, you just look at yourself and you think, how much am I spending on telly a month? Honestly, and how much do I watch? Mm. And you start, you know, you start cutting back. Um, like with Sky, they rang me up and, you're a Sky, you've been with us 25 years. I'm like, really? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I did, that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't see that coming. I was like, <laughs> I think I paid for it with my parents. 
when it first guy first kind of arrived, I went, I'm having that with parents. We're not having satellite telly. I went, I am. <laughs> so I paid for it. So it's still been under my name. And then when I moved out, yeah. I moved out, I just transferred it. And um, anyway, again, I managed to sort out this deal where I get Netflix and I cancelled films because I don't really watch films yeah. at all, really. Um, so, and they did quite a good deal actually on Netflix. But there is deals to be had. To be had. I pay like 95 quid a month for this guy. 95 quid a month? Yeah. Well, that includes that. I love that we're talking, Stephanie, about my broadband. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that includes my broadband and that, and like everything, like. Oh, everything is. Yeah, yeah. It's just expensive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, everything else is enough to use it. No, I'm not, I'm literally not. I, I, I love you get it checking out at work as well. My, I, I want to cancel it right back, but I haven't got time to ring him up and be on phone. <laughs> You're busy making sadness, aren't literally, you? Literally, I'm too busy making sadness, man. I can't cancel this guy. So, when you got that, going back to when you started at um, BBC Radio, is it Leeds, you say, or by. When you were when you teen, they got. When you got put on the cover shift, where was that? Was that? Oh, what was that? When you were doing the tea, then you first shit, you first. Oh no! I went to, yeah, I went to. I was at Radio Air, um, which they closed down a few about three years ago or something like right. that, and changed it into Greatest Hits Radio. Oh, um, yeah. But weirdly, you've got. Do you know the station called the Pulse? Yeah. Pulse One. Pulse One always used to be based in Bradford. Yeah. And I did the evening show there in the 90s. Wow. So, like, you know, and all of that Britpop explosion, mm. um, Spice Girls came in studio, you know, Blur, Oasis, all that kind of stuff. And um, that station was always in Bradford. And I did, I did a couple of years on the evening show there. Um, then went to Hallam FM. Then went back to the Pulse and did the breakfast show. But in my head, the Pulse has always been in Bradford. But when they changed Radio and Radio Air and the Pulse were always rivals. Mm. Uh, but when they closed the name Radio Air down and made it into Greatest Hits Radio, Greatest Hits Radio's in Studio 2, because uh, they, they, the same owners own Pulse 1, they moved Pulse 1 into Radio Air Studio, which is weird. Because every time I walk in, I'm like seeing Pulse 1 branding in Radio Air uh, and it, yeah. it breaks my brain. It breaks <laughs> like my football head. rivals coming together it's kind like of thing. football rivals <laughs> coming together. It's just weird. It's just, it was just odd. But it, it's normal now. But at the time, it was like, this is weird. Because uh, they were rivals. So, yeah, so I went to... Um, it's like doing my CV on YouTube, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I went to... Uh, started at Radio Air. Then went from there to Minster FM mm. in York. Because I wrote... I, I sent a demo, I'd been at Radio Air since I was 12. And then by the time of 18, I was doing cover shifts and, you know, I had one show a week and all sorts of stuff like that. When but was I that? What were you, one show a week? I was doing overnight show. Graveyard Is that what they call the graveyard shift? Graveyard shift. I'd kill for graveyard shift. A big hello to all you truckers out there. We used to have. Um, <laughs> just you and truckers, I'm Just me and truckers, yeah. <laughs> we, used to, um, we used to have this um, initiation thing. So if you got an overnight show, your initiation was. So where Radio Air is, it's next to Yorkshire Television in, in Leeds, mm, down yeah. Kirkstall Road. You've got Yorkshire Tele, well, ITV Yorkshire. Then next to it is the old Radio Air building. And then across the way is the SO petrol, no, it's a Shell petrol station. And your initiation was, you had to play, do you know the song Hotel California yeah. by the Eagles? It's seven minutes long. Six and a <laughs> half, seven minutes long. You had to play that record, run out of the building, run straight across to the petrol station, buy a Mars bar and get back before it finished. Wow. And I did it because I could run. Um, but some didn't. The fat lads didn't. Um, <laughs> Corny fat knacker. Um, so, uh, so, yes, I did that. And then I just wasn't progressing. I'd been there and the turnover of staff at Radio Air wasn't huge. Right. So it was 
kind of like, well, I think I need to leave and come back if I want to progress here. Yeah. Go out um, alone. Well, yeah, so I just sent some demo tapes out and I sent one to a station in York called Minster FM. Uh, that's now called Greatest It's Radio. Um, the consolidation of radio has changed. <laughs> the, the industry's changed. You know, lots of stations mm. closed. Yeah. You know. Well, I think, so it, sorry, is Dern FM, is that, what's that now? Called? That's now Greatest It's I Radio. I thought it was called yeah. Greatest yeah, It's yeah. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. There was just lots of consolidation. Yeah. Owners, you know, these people that, that formed these radio stations had, had owned them for 20 years and they were getting on, the owners, and they were like, you know what, I think it's time to sell. So they mm. sold it. It's just like business. It's business. Yeah. The radio industry is business and consolidation. Um, and as the industry needs to evolve, it just does. So I, um, so anyway, so I sent some demo tapes out and I sent a tape to Minster FM and I got a letter uh, from the boss there, a guy called Paul Carrington, um, who'd worked on um, stations in Manchester and stuff like that, and, but he was the boss. Anyway, um, he sent me this letter that said, he said, I'm, you're not what I'm looking for, but good luck in your search for work. You're a bit too young, because I was like 18. I think he wanted someone a bit more mature. Mm. So I, um, and I was sat on my bed and I used to have a little mock studio thing because my dad used to be in bands. He was a singer and a guitarist in a band. Right. So when he wasn't, when he came off road, I commandeered his tape deck and microphone and stuff yeah. like that. made myself a little bed studio. And uh, my parents had a phone in their spare room, but I used to nick it and run cable under the door into my bedroom. Right. So I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, <laughs> looking over at radio bedroom and phone. And I'm looking down, reading this letter, and I'm looking up, and I'm looking at the phone, I'm looking at the letter, I'm looking at the phone. I just got up and rang the radio station reception and said, I can I speak to Paul Carrington. She put me through, and the guy who'd written me the letter, the boss, answered the phone. And I said, uh, hi, I'm just calling. I've just had a rejection letter from you. Yeah, it's though, what's your name? Told him my name. It's though, yeah, yeah, I remember your demo. Yeah, I was tweet. Yeah, that, that letter got there quickly. And he sent it yesterday. I said, yeah, well, um, you said I'm not, what you, I'm not what you're looking for. He went, yeah, you're just a bit too young. I said, no, I am what you're looking for. And he went, you're not, you're just a bit too young. I said, no, I am what you're looking for. And he said, no, you, you're just a bit too young. I said, no. I am what you're looking for. <laughs> you're not listening to me. <laughs> Believe achieving action. Um, and then there was a silence on the phone. And then he um, he said, "Well, if you think you are what I'm looking for, come and do a live demo now." What live now? Barnsley. Right. He told me the address. Well, it said on the letter. So I got in my car before sat nav. Just found my way to York. Drove half a leather down A64. <laughs> Not, I couldn't break the speed limit because it was a Vauxhall. It's the Vauxhall number that I've still got. Um, Have you? What a car. Yeah, I've still got it. Restored it. It's, it's in storage at my because it's winter. Because um, if it sees any salt on road, it'll immediately rot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, yes, yeah, so drove hell for leather down A64, got to York, went in. He gave me a pile of CDs, press play and record on recorder. I said, right, do half an hour for me. It wasn't live. All right. And then he came in after half an hour, rewound the tape, and listened back to it, and went, why didn't you do that on your demo? You're on on Sunday. And gave wow. me a Sunday night show. So if you didn't pick up that phone, mm. if you didn't just ring that number, yeah. Yeah. that's I butterfly effect that. right there, yeah. isn't it? It is, it's manifestation. Literally. So what did you do different? Um, I don't know. I can't remember what I did different. I don't know. I've just believed no and achieved it? Yeah, I think I just, I don't know. I don't know what I did different on my demo. I 
can't remember. It's just been your confidence and mm. you were just doing it. probably was. It. I was probably in their studio. I had their jingles. I don't know. Just... You just got out of Vauxhall Nova. You were pulling. Yeah, I got out of Vauxhall Adrenaline. It's fine. got there. Yeah. It's a proper... I don't know a question. What involves what's involved in like a demo to you? Is it like you're playing songs and you're like pretending to talk to an audience to get them like Jesus Yeah, kind of essentially thing? You, you you when you when you talk on the radio it's called a link. Mm. So you're linking items together. So those items could be records, could be from one record into an advert, from one record into news. You are yeah. linking things together, so it's called a link. Right. And um so I you you send them five or six links on a demo, maybe right. three or four. Um, cut out all the music so it's like the demo's three, four minutes long max, it's all your best bits and uh, you try and entice that boss to want to hire you essentially so it's just a Does you have to be massively over the top this like, going to make Ed Sheeran blah, 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 like, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah you just, wanna, you just want to show your best stuff so um, and he gave me a Sunday night show sitting in for someone and then from that I got more work then I got a daily show there and um yeah, it was great. It was it was wonderful. And then from there, I went to the Pulse. And then from there, I went to Hallam FM, got the drive time show at 21 years old. And, and at that point... That's got to be an achievement in itself. That, that was that's... just, yeah, to get the drive time show yeah. on Hallam at that point was huge. Um, and that's in the late 90s. Then where did I go from Hallam? To Viking. Oh, back to the Pulse. Did the breakfast show. Hated it. Left. Went to Viking. Did the breakfast show there. And that's where we did the 100 hours on air mm. and stuff. Um, and then from there, because we won some awards, so we had to put a shelf up. Um, <laughs> Better than that. <coughs> straight Yeah, straight uh, Yeah. <laughs> spirit level. <coughs> nice gaffer tip. Thank you. You've <laughs> seen the state of that. It's all for charity. charity, but at least put it... Put some effort in. Just lads, aren't you? Um, and then uh, from there, got the call to come to Galaxy. So what um, made the Galaxy... What made the you know, successful breakfast show, different to which one, which they, you went and you just hated it. Is it just what kind of music you're playing, the clientele, the... No, I think it was, at the Pulse, it was the management. The management had changed from when I was there two or three years before. And it was just, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. So I got out, I lasted about 10 months on breakfast there. <clears throat> My friends JK and Joel were doing, do you remember Hyder in the house? Yes. Yeah. JK and Joel, they were doing the breakfast show there. Um, and they were going to a station called Q103 in Manchester, which is called Hits Radio now, Yeah. which is where I work, but it's now a national station. Um, so it's not just for Manchester, um, but it just covers Manchester and the rest of the country. Um, and uh, so they were going there to do the breakfast show. So Joel, I was whinging to Joel about how unhappy I was at, at the polls. Um, and he said to me, well, I put a word in for the boss because we're leaving to go to Q103. I was like, right. Anyway, that afternoon, he said, the boss wants to see you. So, drove, hell for leather. <laughs> no, it's got some right miles on it. No, well, I went in my Nova at this point. It was, oh, no, I was a bit fancy. I got a BMW at this point. I was like, come on. Um, <laughs> got there in no time. Yeah, yeah. So, drove down M62, got to Hull, um, met with the boss. Then he rang the managing director. She came over um, to the hotel across from where Viking was on the marina and asked me there and then, do I want the breakfast show? Obviously. Went, right, I need to get out my contract at the polls because I was in a two-year fixed-term contract and you can't break that contract. <clears throat> and uh, But luckily, the boss at the polls, me and the boss I didn't get on with, but there was another boss who was the MD. He was from Barnsley, so he got nice. me out of my contract. Nice. So we over, I don't think he liked the boss either, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know, I can't, he never said that to me, but <coughs> he got me out of my contract. And then, um, then I joined Viking 
And that's when it all started to happen. And it just shows you, doesn't it, you know, that you can, we can all have bad managers. Yeah. And I had a bad manager at the Pulse. We didn't see eye to eye. And I think it was both of us. It wasn't just him. It was both of us. I was going through a really bad time in my life. <clears throat> we just clashed. But I went to Viking and the guy, Stuart, who was the boss at Viking, just got the best out of me and the best out of the team. And we won, it's now called an Aria, which is like a radio Oscar. It was called the Sony Radio Awards back then. And, what, um, what age did you win that? Because that's, is that 22? 22, 23, something like that. That's, that's, that's actually my poor <coughs> young, isn't yeah. it? So I got radio Oscar. And, um, and then from that, that's when people start to, all right, what's this, what's what they're doing on Viking? Yeah. So then from that, I got hired to come to Galaxy, which was which is now called Capital, which is the biggest commercial radio station mm. outside London, and did that breakfast show. And that's where Hurst's Daily Dose came about. That's where we thought I created that show with Danny and Jojo. You already worked with Danny from previous, though, didn't you? Yeah, Danny. I brought Danny to... So Danny, we've just had a reunion, actually. Oh, yeah. Which is really... All three awesome. I saw yeah. it. I yeah, saw we've that. Not, me and Danny have not seen each other in nine years. Wow. Really? So, yeah. So it was really nice to see him. Yeah. You know... Um, so I'd known Danny since he was 15 because I've always DJed in clubs, mm. I've always DJed live. So um, he, uh, I was doing this under 18s night in Barnsley at a club called Hedonism, um, which is on the west way where there's a McDonald's, there's Morrison's, yeah. and there's... It's, it's oh, is it, that turned into is it that massive club thing? No, we're it's not on about Escapade, yeah. No, not Escapade. That used to be Pharaoh's. Right. Escapade, I used to work in Pharaoh's. Um, no, that's it's now a car park. Right, okay. It used to be old it used to be the corp when I was a baby. And then it turned in the nineties it turned into a club called Hedonism. And um and I used to DJ there and uh I used to do this under eighteens night on a Tuesday night and Danny comes up <clears throat> with his little baby dreadlocks and he's just looking really cool and uh, he went, I can rap <laughs> so, so, and because he looked cool, I gave him a shot. And I was only like, he was 15, I was like 17. And uh, he said, Have you got a tune called Insane in the Brain by mm. Cypress Hill? And um, I said, Yes, so I put it on. And he rapped to it word perfect. Like, absolutely word on the mic. perfect. Yeah, on the mic, yeah. Absolutely wow. word perfect. And um, so then every week he would get up and rap to a tune. So, uh, what do you just start? Going on that out, I was just gonna say, Dan, do you not find that like people who make it like big, they just they seem to be at the right place at the right time. It's, it's all about timing, it's, it's all timing. about timing, and they're just like timing, it's not talking what to the right person, yeah. getting yeah. on stage, meeting yeah. you, then brought yeah. into the radio. It's like all just fits into place nicely. So, so I've known Danny since then, and then I'd see him on nights out, but when you know, obviously, he became 18, he didn't come to over 18. Yeah. I saw him in town on nights out, and I was out drinking with my friends and stuff. So I'd always done it, then he got into stand up comedy. Because Bachelor's Cup of Soup sponsored a comedy night um, for Yates's. There used to be these bars called Yates's. Mm. Yeah. And um, Yates's Wine Lodge did these comedy nights and they did local heats sponsored by Bachelor's Cup of Soup. My dream. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Danny, because he's funny, his mates cajoled him to go on, you know, you know, do some comedy. So he wrote a five minute, you know, bit of comedy. Yeah. And won the local heat. And then that went, he obviously went to the regional heat. He won the regional heat. And then went to the national heat and won the national heat. 
and won 10 grand, which he says he spent on coke and hookers. <laughs> um, <coughs> those were his words, not mine. And uh, so he was starting to get into comedy and I was, I'd see, I saw him in town. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I'm, I'm just starting the breakfast show at Bike. And I said, you should come and do some stuff for us. So we did. And the first five minutes of Danny's, um, well, the first probably two or three minutes of his stand-up was him talking in an American accent. Because he looks like he could be from America. Yeah. Um, not that Danny looks like he could be, you know what I mean? Yeah, he I know, gave yeah. that kind of swagger. He had that kind mm. of, yeah, God damn. Yeah. And he's speaking an American accent. So we, um, and then after like two or three minutes ago, I don't really talk like this. I'm from Barnsley. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone would laugh and blah, 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 blah. So he mastered this American accent. So we created this character on Viking called Pimp Daddy Dog. So Danny became, he didn't speak. In, a, in his Barnsley accent ever again on air, he spoke as Pimp Daddy Dog and became quite famous. So we'd send Pimp out and Pimp had a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Called Anna. So well, you can't do, you can yeah, we did. You can't do this. Pimp's bitch. Pimp is out. Where are you this morning? God damn, I'm with my bitch, Anna. There we are doing stuff, going to schools. <laughs> you could do this stuff in the early 90s. You can't now. And um, so, yeah, so... <clears throat> I saw Pimp's bitch recently, actually. Anna. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing about it. You can't do that now. You wouldn't do that no. now. You've got to remember that this stuff is of a time. Yeah, yeah. And we've evolved for good reason. Mm -hmm. For very good reason we've evolved. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, we did parody songs. There was uh, Bootylicious, Destiny's Child, mm. which was changed to Pimpalicious and all sorts of stuff. And we did, we did, and because Danny's really good at writing rap and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Everything was well produced, so we won a few awards. Mm. I'm going to ask you, like, sorry to interrupt you. How how breakfast show seems to have so much, like, for example, because on the way on the way into morning, I listen to Greg James's uh, radio show yeah, yeah, or like or whatever just before or whoever it is on radio. I'm not yeah. bothered, but they always have like games and stuff and like little phoning things yeah, and like yeah. how much effort do you? Because a radio presenter is only on the radio for let's say. Three hours a, a day in yeah, that particular slot. How much effort goes into that radio show? Because there must be so much planning and effort that goes into that three-hour slot. Yeah, you do. Well, like, for me, especially when I got to Galaxy, it was, it was, and this is probably actually more so. I thought like this when social media starts to happen. That for me, it was the twenty-four-hour breakfast show. You might be on for four hours a day, but you're off doing a gig. Yeah. You might do an appearance somewhere. You're doing this. You're doing all sorts of different stuff. And then you've got all the social activity that goes with it. So for me, it's never ending. You're yeah. always dreaming up ideas. You're yeah. always conjuring up stuff. You're writing stuff for the next day's show. It's nonstop. If you're doing a breakfast show, you're in it. And yeah. you're in it for, you know, as long as you're doing it for. You I always wonder that when I'm roll listening roll up and, and do it and bugger off all. Yeah. You've got to put a load of graft in. Yeah. Although, to be honest, the dose, once the dose got going, it didn't really need... We did do some writing... But a lot of it was off the cuff. A lot of it was what you heard on air was actually just ad-libbing. Yeah. We just... That's why it did so well, didn't it? Just I a think, natural yeah, it was friendship, just natural. connection. You three always laughing. Like, Jojo's laughing like Contagious, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So I think and me and Danny, you know, we both said we probably spent too long in one room together. Mm. You know, I don't know if you guys ever... Well, we're doing 24 hours and I'm absolutely sick to death. So. Yeah, you, oh, you, yeah. Oh, you yeah, can't yeah. be sick of each other. Yeah. I think me and Danny tired. We, we just, we, we'd been together in a small 
room mm. since 2001. Yeah. And it got to 2014, and I think... You think, piss off. Well, <laughs> we just got a bit... I think we just got tired of it. So I didn't ring him, and he didn't ring me, and we just ended up nine years later just going, should have a reunion? Yeah. Yeah, go on. So, and, and you do, because I think you do... You, people might be watching this. You might have worked with a work colleague, and, you know... You leave and you go and, and you oh, go. Off got and intentions on you, but it's always like yeah. You just end up doing different things and going in different. Life's you know, busy. Life's busy. So it was really good to see him. It was really good to see him. And uh, in fact, we went out for a bite to eat a few days before reunion, just to kind of go, "How are you?" Because I knew at reunion we won't be able to. You can't really talk, can you? Cause no. You have talking to loads of the people. Because we had a reunion, what three weeks ago or something like that, um, because. Uh, and we got loads of people that worked on the show. There's loads of people that came through when they were at uni or they were just starting out in radio. And, and like I did, I made tea for DJs, like they made tea for us. And now they're running radio stations and yeah. they're really high up and they're, you know, really successful in industry. But they're really key players in the success of the show. It wasn't just me, Danny and Jojo. There was a whole team yeah. behind us that, you know, whether it was our producers or assistant producers or runners or anything like that, it was a team effort, um, but a lot of it was completely ad lib. Completely, I'd say ninety-five percent of it was us just, just ad libbing. Oh, was that not really the normal for a radio show? No, it was the first. I think it was the first breakfast show of its kind, which was a triple header. Yeah. Because she'd had the boy girl breakfast yeah. show thing. Yeah. But we'd never done in. I think in radio, there'd never been a triple header. Um, so three people. Well, it's fine. Time for someone to put in and talk really that's just yeah no, for me it, it might have had my name above the door although it said fire exit it was all of our show yeah because so. I've, I've never seen you know I've never placed myself above anybody I, the, the person who was employed to clean the radio station yeah. was as important as me yeah, Danny and Jojo yeah. were because you know we never put ourselves on a pedestal or anything like that because if the station wasn't clean you're all cogs machine aren't you yeah, we're all we're all cogs in the machine, and we're all as important as each other. Yeah. So we're all equal, and I've always said that we're all equal. Mm. Um, but it was it was amazing to do, and it was you know there was, you know whether it was old one game or whether it was he said she said or hey Yorkshire or Cleo watch. I mean you can't do that today or trophy wife watch. Not <laughs> today either. There's loads of stuff you can't. It was do. like bag the black. Bag the black. Oh my mm. god, do you remember that? Yeah. Well, like we put items in the room, then you'd have to. Yeah. Like, someone would start off like, I'll put this bottle in, then, so like, oh, all these are Maldives, and you just like, you all in with a shot of windy, right? Yeah, so basically, Bag the Blag was, we were trying to come up with a Christmas promotional yeah. idea. And um, there was a room down the bottom of the building that was empty. So we were like, if you, right, so if we get, what was the, what was the, hang on, I'm getting, am I getting confused with something else? So you put an item into this room. And it had to be of, of a decent mm. value or something, you know. Mm. And you could win. So if it was, I'm trying to think, if you stuck an iPhone in or mm. you stuck a fridge in <laughs> or whatever, it could be something, or a telly. Yeah. Or a big biro. You had a chance of winning the entire contents of that room mm. Christmas week. So we did it for the whole of December. People put cars in. We got a Corsa. We had holidays to bloody ear there and mm. everywhere. And, uh, and yeah, someone won the lot. I don't remember that. So out people put, who put the items in the room? They turned up with items. I thought or we went to collect them. <laughs> yeah. 
Just, I just remember they just submitted stuff and it you started off as stuff, yeah. a pen and then as it went on course because it was like, right, all it at Maldives, get it in room. Yeah. And then because it pen became, mark, but it? It, the value of all of the contents of the room became worth 25 grand or something Crikey like that. Man. So it was just, it was just working your way up from a certain item. I think we started off with virtually nothing, and, but you know, they could put some, yeah, so we had features like, God, I'm trying to think of all the features that we did. I'm trying to think. I have forgot, but I know my that... My favourite was, one of my favourites is the Katie Price is Right, which was items from eBay which were Katie Price related. <laughs> and you had to work out how much they were, but you couldn't, you couldn't go to eBay and work it out. And that, was, just polite that, was, that was rubbish. It was rubbish. <laughs> and the <laughs> so I quite rubbish. Like, had a good jingle that went with it. <laughs> Katie Price is Right. Um, we got obviously, the pun on the name. We just, we just came up with silly ideas. We had Busting for Justin, so we had tickets to give away Justin Timberlake in concert. Yeah. Busting for Justin, which was how long can you wee for? So the person that wees the longest on the toilet wins the tickets to go see Justin Timberlake. So we timed you from you held you, you held your phone. That is mad. To having a wee. The pe- obviously people were pouring water down. Yeah. It was bad. That's like forty-five <laughs> minutes later. Yeah. There was like, yeah, there was. Like, there was Busting for Justin, gusting for Justin. I can't remember what the, the mechanic for gusting. We just did all sorts. There was always a, the, a week didn't go by without a silly game being yeah. on air or something. Do you all always think of these ideas? Think should we do that? We used to have little brainstorms every every month or something. Every couple of months we'd have a brainstorm. But we'd invite. This wasn't just me, Danny and Georgia. We'd invite people from sales department, mm. marketing department, you know, people that wrote the adverts, creative department. You know, we just invite everyone into a room. There's many different ideas and heads you can get together. Yeah, just, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Mm. Yeah. Genuinely, any, you can create. And it was all about, for me, it was all about creation. And it, it, for me, it was getting out as well, getting out and meeting the audience. Mm. You find a lot of breakfast shows don't do a lot of that social activity anymore. No, it's, it's, it's not, is it? Milo and Rosie are brilliant at it on Pulse One. Right. They are phenomenal. And I've, tra- I've trained those two anyway, because Milo was, you know, runner on our show, and Rose was our receptionist at Galaxy. Really? So when JoJo was off on maternity, we were looking for someone to replace JoJo for six months. And we trialed a couple of people doing demos and pilots, and it just didn't work. And one day I went to the toilet, and Rose, who's hilarious, <clears throat> was sitting on reception, working on reception. And I walked through reception. She said something funny. And whilst I was sat on the toilet, she was, it, it just occurred to me, I was like, Rose, Rose. So I walked back into the studio to Danny and Jojo and said, we should pilot Rose. And they went, oh my God, yeah, that's a good idea. So we went, we weren't an hour at time, we were having a post-show meeting at the studio. We walked through to reception, asked Rose, Rose, do you want to do a pilot cover for Jojo when she's off? She immediately told us to F off. <laughs> in shock. I went, please, honestly, please. And she went, yeah. Anyway, she's because she's hilarious and really creative. So we said, right, we'll do pilot tomorrow or day after whatever. So she came to do a pilot dressed as a pirate. I'm here for my pirate. <laughs> she's right for the show. Dressed as an absolute dead toe. He's right, he's on radio, you can't see that, can you? Can't you? See, but it was just funny. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was hilarious. So she, um, so she got the breakfast show and that started her career in radio. Um, and then That's Milo, Danny too, Milo. Right place, right time. Um, it was only from Down Road, didn't he, in Cassavus? Milo, um, 
we'd seen him in the Yorkshire Post or the Yorkshire Evening Post have done a double page spread on on this 14 year old kid I mean he's in his 30s now this 14 year old kid who was claiming to be the youngest breakfast show DJ in the country because um, Ofcom the regulatory body for broadcasting mm. and radio and everything and telecommunications they give out these 28 day restricted service licenses so you could broadcast to South Kirby for 28 days on a local you know on a small transmitter <clears throat> and uh, they did this in Marley Marley FM yeah and Milo was doing the breakfast show, age 14, before he went to school. And the Yorkshire Post did a cover story, did a story on him. Anyway, my producer chucked the, I was on air at the time at Galaxy in the studio, and he chucked down the newspaper, went, look, mini me. So I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, we've got to get him in. So James, my then producer, posh producer James, um, contacted the Yorkshire Post, they contacted Milo's parents. Um, and he said, he said he'd love to meet us in the article. He said to listen to us every morning. And uh, he'd already seen us when we did opening of Escape. Right. So we did a big galaxy. We did we opened that when that first opened. So he'd been a kid and seen us. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, anyway, he uh, he came in. He came in with Haribo and modelling balloons, age fifteen, um, to impress us. <laughs> I've just been best woman at his wedding. Oh and really? I, on, on top table, I chucked him some modelling balloons while I was doing the speech. <laughs> Knock us up a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, so he comes in and just blew us away, and um, and he said, "Do you want to see my my birthday present?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go on." And he went into his bag and pulled out this pair of headphones. These studio we used to use in radio years ago called they were called uh, DT one hundred, um, white they're like white headphones, studio headphones, mm. and um, all studios had them back in the day. And I got a pair for my 15th birthday, like he did. So I was like, wow, bloody hell, this is weird. Anyway, so then he used to come in on show and help out. And then, so I nurtured him and took him under my wing. And now he's been, him and my, him and Rose have been doing Breakfast Show and Pulse for like eight, nine years or something. And they've won, they won a, an aria, gold aria for best breakfast show in the country, the phenomenal. But they get out and they meet their audience. It's they go and do yeah. stuff. And that's why along with the show itself, that's why it's successful. You've got to go out, you've got to meet your audience. You've it's got more to, engaged, I suppose. As yeah, well, you've got it? to, you know, you've got to, as they call it, press the flesh. Yeah. You know, not in a weirdo way. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've got to go out and meet people. You can't just be some, some DJs, you know, they, they don't like to leave the studio. But I'm like, I'm all, I'm all one for getting out, meeting people. Yeah. Always have been. Makes you feel like your minutes, doesn't it? That's why when you're Yeah, it does. You, it does. It does. And I think it's, I think it's important just to, to meet people and and connect with people and instead of just sitting there in your in your box yeah you know talking crap every every morning or whatever so i think that was one of the reasons why our show was a success because we did we do karaoke nights which was karaoke and curry mm. genius oh, look that nose, man god see karaoke night genius that is and good. we used to do pub crawls Live. and you just wouldn't you can't do that today there's photos of me back in the early noughties or mid noughties, you know, in Pontefract. We shut Pontefract down, essentially. <laughs> it's a pub called Green Man or something in Pontefract. Green Dragon. Green Dragon. Yeah. Outside the Green Dragon, there's a photo of me pouring Mad Dog 2020 down someone's throat. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is this, on, is this on the radio? It's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, you can't swear, by the way, on radio. No. <laughs> Kids could be watching Mind Your Language. I'm so sorry, flipping egg. Stop it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm watching earlier is F&M <laughs> <laughs> Kids could be listening. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there's, there's me pouring, you know, stuff down. This. You wouldn't do that now. No. Again, we live in a different time. Um, but we shut Pontefract and Castleford down. Because we always used to do, we always used to say, big splash, small, small town. Yeah. And not that we're classing Ponty or Castleford as small towns, but they are, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bath is a small town where I'm from. But if we did a city, we didn't seem to have the same hit because there's a lot of stuff happening in big yeah. cities. But if we did Morley or we did, you know, North Ferriby in East Yorkshire or Cottingham or, you know. Like the biggest thing happening Sheffield. there at that, that You're time. You're the biggest thing happening and it shuts the place down. There were literally police vans and police on horseback in Pontefract. <laughs> it's be football game going on. It was like it literally. <laughs> it I've got photos of it. It's incredible. So, you, but that never happens now. You no, can't, you can't go out and take a lot of the listeners out. It's irresponsible taking all the listeners out and getting them absolute. I mean, luckily, nothing ever happened. There was no fights. There was nothing. But there is a risk of that happening. And yeah. it becomes a health and safety issue. I suppose we weren't cameras and that everywhere back then, though. No, there wasn't. We just, you know, not that we were responsible. It was just a different time. Just full. It was just a different time. And we live in it. So you've got to do things in a different way now that's, that's you know. But you like were at the that. right age at the right time, weren't you, to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, we were. You know, I was in my, you know, I was in my 20s and, you know, it was all about going out and getting. And it was that culture. You've got to remember, we'd just come out of the 90s into the early 90s. There was still that culture of going out and. You know, getting wasted and yeah. There's not so much a drinking culture these days, is there? Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, not for me anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe there is a little bit younger. I don't know. I feel like you just go through that stage. We're like, I just want to get smashed every single week, and yeah. then you're like, actually, I'll go on a hike. I think, I think people yeah. have grown out of it pretty quick. Yeah, know. it's not as um. Yeah, I don't see. I see lots of you know my friends who have got you know got kids who probably had kids when you know they were in their early twenties or late teens. And their kids are now 18, 19, 20. And they're not going out and getting, you know, wasted on a weekend like we were when we were 18, 19. And there's, we used to live for the weekend. It was all yeah. about mm. going out with your friends on a Saturday night. And it doesn't seem to be like that. I they don't have, think COVID's helped them a lot, though, has it? No, I don't They've think it has, actually. They've had it all stripped away from us. So, it's, you know, it's quite, it's been That's quite true. tough. It's been quite tough. But um, I think it was a, it was a really special time and... If anyone's watching this who did listen, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of it. Because it wasn't just us. It was our... It was the audience. It was the listeners. Mm. It wasn't just us that made that show. Like the community. It was community. We had our nine listeners. Yeah. Listen, we had... We, we used to sit... We had 1.4 million listeners. But that just sounds like you're showing off. That's amazing, though. It is. But it sounds like you're showing up. I'm looking for get 1.4. <laughs> we've got nine, but we said we've got 1.4. <laughs> yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. So we just said we had nine listeners. Well, we said we had eight listeners. Yeah. For ages. And then what you find is radio stations, when, in fact, the audience figures are coming out, they do it in three or six month blocks. They do the audience research. And um, I do remember you saying that, you're nine listeners. Nine, when nine, you're, nine hey, listeners. You used to it all the time, didn't yeah. you? So you find radio stations going, we've got the most listeners. Thank you very much if you're one of our listeners. Da, 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 da. We've got 650,000 people listen to us every single week, blah, blah, blah. So we've got nine. 
It makes it feel more personal, though. Of course it does. Well, it's I not showing off. Yeah. <laughs> you are listener number seven. You were number seven. <laughs> so we, we had, we had, we did, we did this dose name tour because we were like, we want to get to know the listener as, you know, as, as personally. And so we'd say, if you're going to text in, if you're going to get in touch, put your dose name, uh, create a dose name, which is your name combined with something of what you do for a living. Give so, me an example of that. So... You know. <laughs> it takes me about half an hour to get stuff. <laughs> well, no, but you, you would you create your name. So your name, Andy. Andy, you'd be Subs Andy. Andy Subs Kitchen. Andy. Or Andy Subs or whatever. Okay, right, I get you. I get you. So get you'd you, be, you know. Yeah. And you'd be Dan. What's what do you do for a living? Dan sales. Sell plastic. Sell pl- yeah, Dan sales. Plastic Dan. Plastic Dan. There you go. You'd be plastic Dan. Get that on a t-shirt. So they, you know, <laughs> so you'd be that. That would be your dose name. Yeah. So we used to get people, you know, texting in with that. They'd end their messages with their dose name. Then we had a dose name tour, which was we'd have a night out. If you if you got if you created a dose name, come and meet us. We want to meet you. So we'd have a do- mm. night out with dose name. Then we did the dose name tour. So you had a card, like a credit card. So we had. Oh, we had, we, no, we did Who Is Listener Number 9. We, we had to find, so all of the radio stations are boasting about how many listeners mm. they've got. We said we've just, we've got eight. And then one particular listener survey, we said, we've gone up one. <laughs> we've got nine listeners. So who's listener number nine? So we were like, who are you? Mystery. Have you just started listening? Who are you? <laughs> anyway, it was all made up. And we chose someone. I think she's called Louise from Doncaster or something like that. And uh, yeah, she. So we had loads of little credit cards, dose name cards, with one to eight on them, which we'd give out. Yeah. But there was only ever one number nine card, and it wow. went to this, and it was a gold card. That's me. You didn't get anything with it. Wagon <laughs> rides. You know the. You can get a cheap wagon mamas with it, or all <laughs> like that. You know, you just. Uh... We've got. A, we've actually got a question from Stephanie. Does Stephanie think that return to the old licensing hours would improve the nighttime economy for young people? Yes. Yes. I think soon as I think there's varying reasons why things changed. One, the millennium. So you guys probably you wouldn't have been going oh, out oh, yeah. because you know you were <laughs> well, I were... <laughs> smashed on party rings and yeah, 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 smashed on, 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 on rusks and party rings. J two O's. J yeah. <laughs> so when the millennium happened, for those that are old enough to remember. When you went out, if you're going out with friends on, on that night, on the millennium, clubs were charging 40 quid to get in. It was just ridiculous. So everyone went, I'm going to have a party at home. I'm going to go to Asda, get some booze. Mm-hmm. And that made people think about having home parties or having drinks at home before they went out. So people started not to go out as much. Smoking ban. Smoking ban stopped people going out as much because they didn't want to stand outside having yeah. a fag. And then also licensing laws. When it became 24-hour drinking or late licensing, because when I used to go out, you'd go out, you'd meet your friends at quarter to eight, then you'd see everyone, you'd do a pub cro- a pub route, because mm. you're all like sheep following yeah. each other, um, and then you'd all go to the most popular club in town, which luckily I was probably DJing at, at midnight, and then that club would close at two, you'd be down at chicken shop, and because there was where I'm Barnsley, there's only four taxis in the entire town. <laughs> Everyone is waiting for a taxi. Home. There's no worse than that taxi queue. Yeah, exactly. So that was it. Whereas now, you don't have clubs. Club culture's dead. Mm. It's a series of bars. That's, That's very true. true. So it changed. That changed everything. So I think if they did change the licensing laws back, 
to how it used to be, you know, last orders at half past one, two o'clock, or maybe three. I think we would get people, because you've got people going, people go out at midnight now. Yeah. It's like you're on holiday. You go out at midnight when you're on holiday. Literally. You know. I've been pre-drinks in an apartment and that. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but, you know, you, you do that here now. I think is, you see, that's what you do when you start with pre-drinks and now you just start going out early and early and yeah. early. Yeah, but whereas I'm into afternoon. In fact, I've not had a drink since August last year. So, um, and it's not because I have an issue with alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's because I dropped a full-size musical instrument on my nose, a tuba. That's, that's massive. massive. Yeah. I don't know what a tuba is. I'm, I'm sure, sure it's like... A tuba is a Like big, a brass instrument. It's a big brass instrument. Yeah. yeah. Drop one of them on the nose. Yeah. So, yeah, I was at my friend's house <coughs> and... Um, She's like the most intelligent person I've met. She's like PhDs and all sorts of stuff. I think she does them for fun, to be honest. <laughs> and um, she, uh, she was in, I'd, we'd been out for dinner and she cajoled me into having a drink. So we had this amazing night out in Firth where she lives. And um, she, was make, she was making another drink or whatever when we got back to hers. And I was twiddling about on a piano because I got to like grade three on piano. And uh, I can't play, but I can a little bit. And um, and out the corner of my eye, I saw this tuber. I was like, "Ooh!" So I s- got off the piano stool, went over, picked the tuba up, sat back down on the piano stool, piano's behind me, and I'm blowing into this tuba, going, <laughs> "Can't get out out of it!" And it was kind of slipping away from me on my leg underneath. So I pulled it towards myself with the mouthpiece. What do mouthpieces do? Come off. They come off. Ooh. So it slipped from beneath me underneath and the whole circumference hit me directly on the top of the nose there. Now, obviously it hurt and it put a hole in my face and it, I should have really gone to hospital because it was a hole. Yeah. But I just put some Savlon on it and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I noticed over a period of time that whenever I had alcohol, I mean, I always got snuffly with alcohol with my sinuses. I think I'm allergic to alcohol. I think it's the, the sulfites in wine and all sorts of stuff, and I've always been a bit allergic to it. Um, but I noticed over a period of time that I couldn't breathe when I had alcohol. I mean, I'm, this sounds disgusting, I'm really sorry, but I'm bunged up now. Yeah. Um, and, always, and always am, because I've got a deviated septum, because I've crushed the inside. You can't see it on the outside, I've crushed the inside of my nose. Is that the tuber? Yeah. Yeah. So I was meant to have it fixed in January, and then that got cancelled, and then it's now in March. But it's getting worse. So whenever I have alcohol, I just get these massive, not hangovers, but sinus headaches. Yeah, yeah like pressure there. Pressure there. So I've thought, because I can go, I stopped, I mean, I stopped smoking in like 2003. I used to smoke like 20 a day. I only smoked from 1998, something like that. I just yeah. cold turkey. Just stop. It's easy to stop smoking. It's absolutely, it's mind over matter. Just went cold turkey. Stop drinking. Ask me if I feel any different. Oh, that would be next question. Don't, not at all. Oh, feel no different. Really? Genuinely no different. Because I don't drink, I didn't drink a lot anyway. Right, okay. Just socially. Yeah. So, um, but yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't feel any different. Like old women, don't feel any different. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, but, well, you know, I'll have a drink again at some point, but only when I've had this fixed. So it does me head in. It's not like yeah, I'm all the time. It does me boxing. Struggling to breathe out of nose then? Just constantly well, it's just nose, that side. Just That's blocked. That's clear. Because I've dropped it on that side. Because I'm an idiot. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Don't drink and play musical instruments. It'd be worth it if you could actually play a tune, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it'd be all right if I could actually <laughs> knock a tune out. You know, it'd be all right. But, yeah, so that... Um, so, yes, I'm not drunk. Which is actually quite nice. I quite like testing myself. I quite like going cold turkey with stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so if you're struggling to stop drinking or, or you know, it's mind over matter. Just do it. Just do it. Get on with it. You know, there's all this vaping. Everyone's obsessed. I'll be honest. I, I used I used to be obsessed with vaping me, but everything's everything's stopped. You don't need it. You just don't. Do Did you. you fall out of the womb with a vape? With no. a vape or a fag in your hand? No, you didn't. Are. You are. They do these days. We'll and probably it, do actually. Have you seen all the kids with vapes all the time? There's vaping. A, there's a school yeah. there. I drive past it every day. Thirteen-year-olds just vapes. Crazy. I'm, I'm going to pull up and say, "Listen, you don't need it." <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you come out with that? Come on. Get it done. We've got another one. So another question. Who was Stephanie's biggest influencers professionally and who are people locally that have him influenced and supported her with her career? Who's that said? Just ask that question again. Sorry. Sorry. Who were, the, who were Stephanie's biggest influencers professionally and who are people locally that have influenced and supported with her career? Oh, gosh. My biggest influencers, I guess, professionally, uh, those DJs I grew up with at Radio Air. Yeah. Um, a guy called James Whale, who is now on talk radio and talk TV. Um, he did The Late Show, and it was legendary. If there's anyone of a particular vintage, um, <laughs> he did this late night talk show, which was so huge. ITV gave him a network TV show from 1 a.m. on a Friday morning, and it was huge. It was. You know, Steve Coogan did his first ever appearance on television on the James Whale show. All oh, right, fair play. So you know, it just it was a it was a real platform for people as well, and they filmed it inside the radio station inside Radio Air. So you're so um, basically just doing his show, but they've got film, yeah, film cameras in, pop on our TV, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a Yorkshire TV production, that was next door. Yeah. In fact, they just ran cables over the car park into Yorkshire Talent. <laughs> on the way to get a Mars bar from Yeah, Shore. yeah, yeah. On the way to get a Mars bar, we all South California. Um, so Whaley was a big influence on me. I think he was the, the first person I really kind of listened to on the radio because um, he used to do this thing between 10 and 11, before it got adult talk at 11 o'clock. The first hour was basically plugging the phone number and getting the calls stacked up that they would do after 11 o'clock. But also you could call in and do a what they called a do-it-yourself dedication. So if I wanted a song on or whatever... Um, I would ring up and say, can I have this, da, 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 da. Anyway, they'd call you back and you'd get to introduce it on the radio. Cool. I rang up so much I got banned. <laughs> Not by my parents who were using the phone, by the actual radio station. <laughs> so, but Whaley was a huge influence. And then the people I worked with, so Paul Stead, Carl Kingston, people like that, when I first, those, those key DJs who I worked with at the time, those were the, you signs falling off, those were the first ones. <laughs> Here's your, oh, right. Here's your opportunity to put it up straight. He knows it's time's nearly up. It's ready for bed, isn't it? It's ready for bed. There you go. And um, so, yes, yeah, so people like that, originally when I first got in, but also the people that helped me and the boss. I've had amazing bosses that, that really gave me the opportunity to, 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 to shine when I first started out. What's it like? Because obviously you've, you've, you've gone, gone from making, making you're obviously you're coming like winning, like, like, like you said, like doing logging and like that. Yeah, um, making teas and what have you. When, when you finally get that person saying to you, "Right, you're gonna, we're gonna put you on, well, I don't know, you think it's a late night shift or, or big enough for all you truckers out there." Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I just, I think it feels amazing that that first opportunity. Yes, this is a big break here. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Have to yeah, you do, you do, you do, you don't want to cock it up either. Your first, you yeah, know, when you do your first show, you don't want to say the wrong artist name. The first song I played was um, Billy Ray, Cy Miley Ray Cyrus's dad. Yeah. Ricky Hart. Nice. I called him Billy Ray Cypress. 
Oh, no, really? I'm sure yeah, you're the one I think I was, I was cacking myself. <laughs> I was just Which is weird because occasionally, because I do hits radio, which I'm on tonight from 7 o'clock. Um, I'm tuning in. Tune in. You'll be in bed. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, you forgot what you were saying. Um, what was I saying now? I forgot what I was saying myself now. Um, are you on about your first radio show? Um, in there? Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Oh, God, there was another, there was another point I was going to make about radio. What was it? Your big break. You don't want to miss it up. You don't want to mess it up. Da, 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 da. Oh, I can't remember. It's gone. Oh, there was something I was going to say. It'll come back to me. It'll you. come back to me. There was a re- there was a point I was going to make. You know it's happening, eh? But I, I've got something to say actually. I forgot something earlier. Oh, <laughs> that happens me. all the time. Honestly, the amount I'll write something down because I've got a memory like a sieve. <clears throat> I'll write something down that I'm going to do next. Put the microphone up. We call it opening the microphone or putting the microphone up because these slidey things, the volume knobs, essentially these faders, and I'll I'll completely do something different and not do what I've written down because my brain is just jumping all over the place it never stops thinking of links and what you need yeah to do thinking about what stuff. you can do and just yeah so it just yeah it jumps it's, all over because you've got such a big like platform when you're live on air yeah it must be nerve-wracking and like i've always wondered I'm no sorry, it I, never is never nerve-wracking no never get nervous really there's a slight bit of when i'm doing you know if i'm doing really big stuff yeah and it's complex so you're giving away a huge amount of money on right. the radio and because it's premium rate, there's terms and conditions, there's all sorts of legality stuff. You don't want to cock that up. No. My friend Dave Kelly, who <laughs> did evenings on Galaxy, he gave away an all-expenses-paid trip to Valder's Air. It was just a trip to Valder's Air. It wasn't oh, all. It weren't no. all and he'd been saying all night, all-expenses-paid, hotel, five-star hotel, da 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 no, is that like it legally just, binding? It was just, it became legally binding. It oh, cost a station no. a fortune. That's well, so you have to cough up for that. He's like, don't buy another drink, please. Yeah. <laughs> it cost the station a lot more than it did. Um, That's a nightmare, man. Yeah, there was, oh, there's so many. I mean, middle of writing my autobiography, and there's loads of stories that obviously I've typed up and gone, I can't do that. I'm just going to get people in bother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that anyone ever did anything wrong, wrong. But, you know, there's, there's just stories of, of things that I've either witnessed or been involved with or, you know, there's, there's you just go, no, I don't want to get that person in bother. <laughs> Do you know when you've been on the radio, you said, like, start of the noughties? Yeah. Did you ever get the chance to, like, obviously, you interview famous people, I'm thinking, like, you mentioned Oasis before. I never went to, I never went to away, interviewed Oasis. Um, did... Damon Albarn, but after Blur, that was when it was Gorillaz. Um, we did Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys. Do you ever get a chance to hang out with him off air? Do you know what? Not as much as you would think, actually. I mean, I've interviewed Beyonce. Really? Turn Madonna down. What? <laughs> Do you want the Madonna story? Obviously, I want the Madonna story. <laughs> hang on. So. You must be the only person to turn Madonna down, obviously. You turn Madonna down. I've just written the story actually from the book. So, um. Who <laughs> <laughs> turns Madonna down? <laughs> we do. Um, so, every three months on Hestis we would take a holiday because after three months of being in that box, the mm. studio called the Studio the Box, because whenever we went out in the studio, people would say, get back in your box. Um, 
After three months of solidly working together every single morning, we wanted to kill each other. Mm. Yeah. We'd had enough of each other. You need a break. And one particular year, we ended up not taking a holiday and we did six months together. And quite frankly, we're ready to actually murder yeah. each other. Anyway, Madonna had got a brand new album coming out called Confessions on a Dance Floor. So Hung Up is on that album and Sorry and a few others. It was a big album. She had a big comeback. And she was out. She was just doing a very limited number of interviews, probably a handful. And because we were the biggest radio station outside London, we were offered this interview. Anyway, the interview was on a Friday at 5 p.m. Now, ready to leave. <laughs> it's the weekend. It's the weekend. <laughs> it's the Madonna, man. Six green dragon, Madonna. Yeah, okay. <laughs> square. We've had six months of each other. It's five o'clock on a Friday. We all know that that'll be seven thirty. Mm. All right, okay. because it will overrun. It's Madonna. Everyone, everyone else who interviews her, she'll be late. I will say that because she's she'll be late. When she wants she'll be late. She'll be on Madonna time. <laughs> then the people that are doing the interviews with her will try to get an extra five minutes because mm -hmm. it might be a bit cheeky so by the time you get to her it's going to be gone seven o'clock and we'd have been up since four thirty, five o'clock that morning we've had six months of each other and we just went no you're all right we're tired <laughs> we actually turned madonna down was she in the building no she was down <laughs> the line in london so, but I would love to see her face when she's but like, she wouldn't have known. She oh, would right. never have known that we World turned it down. Because we'll be it everything. would have just been offered to someone else. <laughs> yeah, all right. It's like, because you said it's like such an exclusive, this is an exclusive interview. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. It's just an exclusive interview. Yeah, we'd have just, that. She'd have just not known. It'd have gone to somebody else. Yeah. But I like the fact that we as a show went, you just couldn't be arsed. No, you couldn't be arsed. <laughs> We're just tired. It's like, even Madonna. It's all right. We're tired. We're just going to kill each other by this point. We've had enough. We're done. You know, you um, say you do six months together, or you, sorry, you do three months and then three months. Only because we want to kill each other. After, yeah, after yeah. three months, we'd had enough. Does, does it work like you get like three months of complete break, or just a bit? Oh like, no, you had a week off, week off or two weeks. Right, sorry. maybe a week. Sorry, I get you now. You probably have a week off every three months with a two-week one in the summer. Right, get um, you. And actually, I think that day, the Madonna one, I think Danny had got a flight early the next morning as well, so that was like. Madonna's just taking piss a minute, isn't she? She's just, taking exactly, yeah, just, just too much. Just, yeah, sorry, so we turned Madonna down, um, which, I, which I like. It sounds more bigger than the story itself. No, but it's good. It? It's, it's cool. I was going to feel good for that. I just said no to Madonna. I we, just, we just said no to Madonna. Um, but yeah, Beyonce, you know, all of the big artists of the time, because I finished that show in 2014 and then came away from radio for a bit. Anyone really from when I properly got going, probably from the mid nineties to like twenty fourteen, you had them in One Direction, people like that. You know, you'd, they were just in studio. You just they just did interviews because they had to promote their albums. You know, they had to promote their singles, so you got them in. And what, um, what most of them sound? Are, amazing. They all have Usually, egos. what you find so the the artists are brilliant. The the actual artists are yeah. brilliant. Um. But it's usually their people. The staff that they're with, they yeah. can look like this massive yeah. ego and arrogant yeah. stuff. Um, I once interviewed, you know, the comedian Ross Noble. Yeah. Um, amazing comedian. He once turned up in bike leathers on his own for an interview. Like that. And I called him, I introduced him as Rob Noble. 
<laughs> and we just changed from Galaxy to Capital. So we just kept referring to the station as Galaxy, which was ah, funny. I love that. It was quite funny. But it's nice when you've got that rapport. And when you've interviewed them a few times, mm. they get to know you. We did once, once did this thing with JLS where we always try to do a stunt or do something with them. If you've got them coming in and they're up for it, usually they'll... So, you know, you've got the O2 Academies. Mm. We had... We created the Trap 2 Academy, which is... So we had three toilets at Galaxy or Capital. Trap 1, Trap 2 and Trap 3. So we said you could win one ticket to the Trap 2 Academy to see JLS live, where you can sit on the toilet with the toilet seat down and JLS will come and perform for you. That's unbelievable. And we did. And we did the world's smallest gig. One person? One person. That's mad, isn't it? Well, I think it's on YouTube. I think it is on YouTube. I'll get that up. World's smallest gig. Did, do you ever get them... She's mentioned One Direction, they're quite local. Like, some of them are local lads, aren't they? Do you ever get them like, when they're genuinely fans of you as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, two of the One Direction lads. Yeah. Um, used to listen to us. So it was quite nice, yeah. actually, that, that, you know, they've got, oh my God, I listen to you when we're in yeah. school and stuff like that. I'm now in here, da da da. So that's lovely because they will have said to their other bandmates, oh, this the, show. The sound. The, yeah, so the sound. Um, the guys from The Wanted. Yeah. Um, they were always on because they were. They were managed by the same company that owned and still owns Capital Global. Mm. So, um, and I obviously work for the rival now, Bauer. Um, but they, um, so they were in a lot. It was almost like, I remember they couldn't decide on an, an album title for their next album. They'd had The Wanted, which was their debut album. Yeah. And they'd got a new one coming out. And they'd just, every, we'd, we'd interview them on every single. It was like, have you got, got a name for the album yet? No. <laughs> the Wanted can I just Can I just call it Alan? So they actually... <laughs> Every time he said, we're not calling album Alan. And it became a running joke with his alt ties. You start to get a bit of a rapport with these artists over time. And it's great and it's wonderful. And Beyonce was just amazing. She I nice? interviewed her when I did the chart show. Because I used to do the national chart show on a weekend. Interviewed her with that. And she was, a, she was phenomenal. She'd just gone solo. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was in her first couple of years of, you know, she'd had Crazy in Love. And then, was it beautiful? I can't What came after Crazy in Love? But anyway, um, she was just amazing. Um, yeah, like me is such a superstar like that like, she's be... just amazing she's just a, such an energy yeah um, yeah so so you know I've never been really affected by famous people um, but no it was, it's, it was I've, I've had an amazing time I, and you know I tend not to think about it too much it's just it becomes your job doesn't it yeah so it becomes what you do your day to day job but it is I've never taken being behind a microphone for granted at all ever it's always it's an honor and a privilege to be behind a live microphone and to be on the air i've never taken it for granted ever it's always been something that i've been very privileged and honored to do and i can't thank people if they've listened over years and stuff like that it's uh yeah without without you guys that listening you know we don't get a contract so thanks <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, anything else to add there? Then you got some no. more questions coming in. Uh, well, I was just ask about charts. What were it like? Because I know that you did the charts and didn't take it off because they were they were scared of competition from because you were the most popular one, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So there was um, so the national chart show, which is the big top forty now. Yeah, but didn't they all share share you? And then it <clears> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the big the, the big national chart show, which actually when I was at Radio Air when I was first starting out. Yeah. Um, I was what they called a technical operator. So I used to play pre-recorded programs. Um, and a guy called Steve 
who's a really good, really good friend, he used to sit and they call it tech op, technical operator, tech op. He'd, he'd tech up the chart. Mm. So essentially, it would come up from London via satellite, he'd open the fader, the slidey thing, volume knob, he'd open the fader and there'd be a printout of the chart and the person, I think it was Foxy, Dr. Fox that was doing the chart at the time, um, there'd be all 40 songs that would arrive via fax. Nice. Not email. And Foxy, it would say, insert local ID. So ID identification. So station jingle. Number 38, insert ID. Number 34, insert ID. Number 28, insert ID. Number 26, insert ID. That is where they wouldn't talk. So that gives you the chance to put the local jingle mm, in or, right. a state or a piece of production that says, you know, Air FM or mm. whatever it was at the time. So, and when Steve was off, I'd do that. So, but I'd always listen down the line before the show started. And because they did it from the studios of Capital in London, so that was like, you couldn't hear it. You had to, if you wanted to hear Capital, which was back in the 90s, was, it sounded like nothing else. Mm. It was this huge, massive, just sounded amazing. Chris Tarrant did the breakfast show. Foxy did afternoons. It was just, it sounded huge. Um, and nothing else could ever compete with it. It was just this behemoth of a radio station. <clears throat> so when they connect the satellite up to, to Capital to feed the show up, you get 10 minutes of Capital before, so I'd be listening down line, <laughs> listening to it. And then afterwards, they'd leave satellite connected for 20 minutes. So you'd get the next show. So I'd always pre-record it. I'd stick a tape on it next studio. So I'd get like... 20, half an hour of capital for bolted them together, um, <laughs> which was amazing. It just sounded huge, mm. this radio station. So that was always exciting to do that. So when I got the chance to sit in and do that show and Foxy was doing Pop Idol, I was asked to cover. Um, and I'd sit in the studio at Capital in London. Signs going again. I heard that. <laughs> and um, when I got the chance to sit in the studio and do it, it was just incredible. Well, that like... The highest you thought you could oh, reach, kind of thing. Yeah, it's creme like, de la creme. It was the creme de la creme. You know, I was doing the biggest commercial radio station, Breakfast Chart outside London. I was doing the biggest chart show. You know, I did an available audience each week of millions, like eight or nine million Massive people. Massive honour to announce number one. Oh, God, it was, yeah. Yeah, the first number one on downloads alone ever without a physical copy being Nars sold Barkley. was Nas Barkley and Crazy. Um, Good news, You know, and, you know, stuff. And I introduced that. I was the first yeah. person to introduce it. Um, so doing that was amazing. But That's what I used to history, do... That's a moment history, isn't it, really? Yeah, a piece of history. And ITN cameras were in studio filming it because it was a, a, a historical moment. Um, but what I used to do, this is really geeky, for, for the radio geeks like myself who were in all the other stations listening down the line... Before I'd, I'd play loads of capital jingles. Going right, if you're a jing, if you're a lover of radio, here's a load of jingles, and I'd speak to network before going live. And I've had loads of people who were just starting out in radio who are now in their thirties or whatever going, yeah. "Thanks for playing jingles that line beforehand. You made my day." Because <laughs> I used to listen for the same stuff. Yeah. So I just, yeah, just I was, I was a bit of a geek for stuff like that. But it was an honour to do that show, and and I'd always like the best bit for me was. This, I love doing the entire thing, but the start, the energy of, of mm -hmm. launching that show. But then as we headed up to seven o'clock, as we got to that number one, because, you know, you couldn't Google the charts. It would change, and it changed, didn't it, right up until... Weren't it ever changing? Like, it 
filling all that side of the period. Yeah, well, like... we started to... In, when I first started doing the chat, it was on physical sales alone. Yeah. So you had to physically buy a CD. Yeah. Yeah. Then we started to... With Niles Barkley onwards, it started to... iTunes chart and downloads chart came in. And that kind of changed the chart. And I think the chart's not as important as I'm it used to be. I think it's like... <clears> I remember when I was like... Probably when you were doing it, I probably knew every UK number one for like 2006, 2009. It was coming on because it was exciting. Like, who's number one? But yeah. like... I don't, maybe because I'm not into like, people that. People don't care I don't care. Has it lost its prestige? It's lost its prestige. Completely. It just doesn't. You've got any old people getting it, and it's just yeah, like. Yeah. It doesn't, it, just, it, it just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel exciting like it used to do. And that is because we've evolved. Mm. But I don't think we'll ever stop being fascinated by the chart because no. as, as, as Brits, I think we are by nature interested in charts. You look on. You know, there's always shows on TV, the top 100 this, the top yeah. 50 this, the best things. and So we are interested in charts. I don't think the charts will ever disappear. Um, but I, I, I think that tuning in to the radio to listen to the charts is not... It's still They still get massive audiences, mm. but they don't get what they used to do. I no. think when I was doing it, I was on 6.8 million or something. You might get 2 million listening now. So the audiences have definitely shifted. Yeah. You know, the audiences that watch Coronation Street is not what it was, our mm. EastEnders. You know, everything's changing. Everything is, because we live, in a, we live in a world where everything is just much more saturated. And mm. look, you know, you're watching this on YouTube now or whatever, or you might be on socials, you're doing this, you're doing that. We're always doing a zillion and one things at yeah. the same time. Whereas it was just like the mainstream media doing it. Like you that, just, yeah, it? you just had mainstream media. You just had the radio, telly, and that was it. And then, you know, the internet had happened, of course. Um, but yeah, but it was the, the chart was amazing. What was the last number one you announced? It was My Chemical Romance, I think it was, and Welcome to the Black Parade. Black Parade. What a tune, man. <laughs> that one note at the start, you just yeah. know what's going on. Yeah, it's a cool number. I was, I at, the time, I got at the time, I was a bit like, oh, because I like. What a way to go out on the My Chemical Romance. Uh, my Chemical Romance. But actually, now it's quite. It's a cool tune. Yeah, it is. It's a legendary tune, so I'm quite happy, actually. At the time, I was a bit disappointed. I can't remember what was at number two. There was a better song at number yeah, two. At come the on, time. come on. Oh. Nipping uh, out at Shellgoes to buy a few more CDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was, there was nothing. But now, actually, I'm quite happy with it that it's My Chemical Romance. At the time, I was a bit like, ah. Oh. Um, but it was amazing, and just to do it. But the problem was, is that. Um, and this was just, it was, I'll write about this more in my book, um, but radio stations were changing, ownership was changing, signs coming down again. I might just leave it. Oh, I just leave it. It's about to give um, job. <laughs> and, and, and things were changing, so, you know, there was, there was a point where some radio stations who didn't take the chart show were starting to take the chart again, yeah. as, in, as in broadcast it on their stations. And because I was so dominant on stations in Yorkshire, there was other stations that said, well, we're not going to do this deal to have the chart back on if Hurst is still doing the chart. So I was given a, I was given a kind of, is it Galaxy? Ultimatum. I had, to make, I had to make a decision, chart or Galaxy. And I figured that the chart is great. It's 40 songs. But it's not, is you it can't put creative? your stamp on it though, can you? You can't put your stamp on it. Can't put it in people's throats. Yeah, whereas... My daily show was more creative. You in it. So I was like, do you know what? I've done the chat for almost four years. It's amazing. I am broken because I was doing five breakfast shows. I got sick of my own voice at one point. <laughs> I remember walking down the corridor at Galaxy 
and hearing my voice on the speakers promoting the chart that weekend. And I remember screaming, going, I'm sick at sound of my own voice. <laughs> my own voice was doing me head in. And um, so I was doing five breakfast shows. Then we did a weekend overdose. Then we did the Dosecast podcast. Then I had Hit 40 UK. Then we had Hit 40 UK podcast. Then we had Hit 40 UK Europe show that I did. Then there was Hit 40 UK TV. No, midweek, midweek update, other update. There was about 13 shows a week I was doing. How did you find time to plan that? Well, I didn't. Producers wrote the scripts and I just voiced it. And, you know, you put your own spin on everything. Yeah. But I think by 13 shows, I was just oh, bro- God, I yeah. was broke and I'd, I'd just done my own editing, I think. So it was, in some respects, it was kind of like, I'm having a rest. Yeah. <laughs> I just focused back on. And I think, I think the dose suffered when I was doing the chart a little bit because my attention was taken off doing other things. So when I got back from ju- to just do the dose, I think I focused more on that show again. Because um, you get pulled from pillar to post. It's, um, you know, but it was amazing. It was, um, you know, there's only been a few people that's ever done that and I feel very, I feel very... Again, bothered. another bit of radio history. Yeah, yeah. I've, d- I've been just bloody lucky. I'm just a geek. <laughs> I'm just, honestly, I'm just a geek. I'm a geek that just loves radio um, and loves, you know, I'm, I'm just a geek. I'm quite happy to be a geek. So to pinch, pinch a bit from you, what advice have you got for two local lads, two bands of lads who want to make it in, you know, like this similar space. I mean, we'd love to be on radio to be wouldn't we? but we're not DJs or all like that, but <laughs> what advice have you you've got? Just it gotta, is you've got to, you've, you've got to come up with creative ideas and, you know, you look at people on YouTube. Karaoke. You I've already got it. <laughs> you've just got to, you've, 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 you've got to think big. I know it's not easy with budgets and stuff like that, but try and think original if you can. Try and be original. But also, don't be afraid of doing something that someone else has done. Mm. You know, I'm not a big fan of plagiarism at all, but you've got to put your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, they're going to make a fridge, you know, make a better fridge. Yeah. Or make a different style of fridge or do something different with something. You, you can't know be I mean? original 100% of the time. You can't, you can't be, you know. The same radio, there's, I, I can't remember, the, I think there's eight ideas and everything is a spin on those eight ideas. Or something so it's you know it's just it's creating it's just trying to be cre- and you guys obviously watch a lot of YouTube yeah um, oh who's the guy what's his name I love him on he's on YouTube and socials and TikTok he always bursts into a room and he chats to his mate and then he ends up doing a rap and then it ends up oh god what's his name the young one yeah 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 he's only like 20 or something like that oh. American guy Oh, is it? Uh... And he ends up, his mates on the keyboard and gets a tune going. Then he starts rapping and then cuts in. And, but it's them multiple times. Wow. I have no oh. idea. Who's oh, that? Oh, they're amazing. I've forgotten his name. I forgot the name. But yeah, but it's been creative and production values and, and language. Be careful on your swearing. I saw that immediately. Be careful on your Because you never know who's watching. Yeah. You know, you've got all ages watching and you've just got, you've got to be careful and... You know, I just feel like I'm telling him off. You need to swear <laughs> I'm not. No, my dad always says to me, I can't watch you because you're always swearing all the time. Yeah, you've got just, you don't need to swear. You don't need to swear. I was effing and jeffing on microphones for years and then all of a sudden I went, do I really He's creatively swearing. Yeah. So we used to do, <laughs> if we're talking about swearing, we used to do, we did this on the air. We were like combo swearing. Take your favourite swear and twin it with a tool or instrument. And then we got people 
to text in what they were, but we couldn't read them out. But we used to just read out the actual instrument or tool. And then there was something else we did with, what was the other creative swearing thing we did? Oh, that was it, the text machine. We got this new text machine and it used to bleep out swear words. So we, it said, if you want to swear on the show, just leave gaps in between each swear word in the letters. It'll get through to us then. <laughs> but we won't read it out because we can't. <laughs> um, so try and beat the swear, the swear filter on the swear machine. But yeah, it's, I think it's just, it's, it's understanding that your audience is wide and vast and it's yeah. connecting with all, you know, connecting with all people or understanding your niche. Who do you want to target? Who are you talking to? You know, it's all about creating your brand. That's sometimes what is your brand? Yeah, exactly. To try and find that maybe USP. What's your USP? Exactly. exactly. That's it's, some, um, that's something we struggled with for a while, isn't it? And still, to be fair. So how did you start? Long story. To be fair, we we wanted to do YouTube. YouTube since we were about fifteen. Thir- yeah, thirteen to fifteen, and then. But we're school late, so obviously it wouldn't have gone down a treat, would it? Because we weren't not. We weren't we were embarrassed. Then you know, like ten years ago, yeah, so yeah. longer. We just went for it, didn't we? We went for it about, about a year ago. But we started in that kitchen there, just we, like, no it's camera, a, rating beers yeah. and stuff. We, we were embarrassed to put it out then, so we literally put them on Spotify and telling nobody about them. Yeah, expecting stuff to happen. And then we were just like, one time we just announced it. But as USP were then, and it kind of still is a little bit now, we were, we obviously we liked to drink at time, and we were just rated and drank beers and mm. rated them beers. At, but we kind of stepped, no, we're stepping away from that. We're not no, stepping we away from that. I'm like, like yourself and then just... I like, interview, I like interviewing guests, I love that. You don't rate my takeaway. Yeah, well, I've, tried to, get, I've tried to get him on. Can you get him on? No, no. Danny's keeps ignoring us, man. Keeps ignoring us. Danny, come on. Get I'm on it. I'm waiting for me. He's a bouncy lad. He is. He, he needs to come here and try subs. Oh, he does. Well, yeah, come on, Danny. Fun. I know him. So you know him? On. I know him a little bit because he's, he's, he's together with my, other, my friend. Put um, a word in. Yeah, I'll have a word with that. I'll try and get him down here. But yeah, we want to... You kind of, I think, want to step away from beers a little bit <clears throat> and do like more stuff like this. Obviously, but that's not that's not a USP because a lot of people do interviews. I don't know. I, think it's USPs also, I don't know. Sound like, oh, I don't know. Like, find out what your niche is. Find out who you want to, you know, you speak to, and 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 you know, try and do something a bit different. I'm not even another one who's trying to pour out for a bit. I'm knackered, man. But thank you well, for I'm your time. I'm going to leave because I've got to go to Manchester. Oh, yes, you've got radio. Yeah. I've got radio. I'm on air at seven. There's no traffic up there. Right. Can I know, we, exactly. Can we just grab a quick photo? Of course, yeah. But this is then... amazing what you're doing because, I mean, which one of you were born premature? Me. So I'm going to Kilimanjaro in March. Yes, of course. Um, and obviously, Ray's going for Barnes Officer's Charge. So it's going to the baby ward. Uh, my sister's pregnant during April, so obviously it's all extra special. Um, so I've raised money. We're at the nearly 1400 quid now amazing so set a amazing. thousand pound target so 1500 really is it we still want to get to 1500 for 6 o'clock so I'm buzzing with that amazing so yeah well it's something that's close I mean I had a brother that that, that died before um, the ward existed alright and this in the early 70s before I was born and his lungs collapsed and he was he wasn't that he was, I think he was only about a month premature or something like that, that three like weeks yeah, but they, they couldn't, his, his lungs collapsed and he died. Um, so, but this is in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the ward opened in the late 70s, didn't it, I think, or something like that. Or I think he's got special care baby unit, which yeah, is neonatal. It's now neonatal, so. um, which I've been up to. And, yeah. um, and I went to the opening. They, they, they did it out or something, didn't they, a few right. years ago. Well, we're going to go we've, down we've and read, check anyway. Once, yeah. once I, I do climb in March... I'm going to keep it running. Um, you know, the page seats yeah. a bit money. And then afterwards, we're going to go down and 
Well, my yeah, friend Miles did. He did Kilimanjaro years ago. Yeah. Um, and he was a unit at the time. We're talking Chris Miles. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a unit. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was a big lad. He was a big. But now, Smash I mean, he's, there's literally nothing of him now. I've seen that transformation. It's so, mad. It looks amazing. It, it looks does. Amazing. He really does. But he obviously had a problem with his feet at the time. They couldn't keep him out at Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Chris. You know I love you. you, know I love you. Um, but yeah, I'm so proud of him. He's done so well on, on you know, because he was, he, was, he was eating all sorts of rubbish. Yeah. And, you know, he just was like, I think he was just tired of being bigger. Um, and he, he, he got a fair size at one point. And, but did Kilimanjaro when he started that weight loss, mm. and I think that really Trimited. helped him. Yeah, I think that really helped him. Um, but you've got to get ready for all the altitude differences, mm. and we'll see. You've got to go up and down, up and down, up and down, and you just like that. get used to it. Yeah, and survive safari after. You'll be fine. Yeah, You'll be, be fine. It's an achievement. Remember, whilst you're walking up, believe achieve. Like believe achieve. <laughs> believe achieve. <laughs> believe achieve. Oh, look, believe like... achieve. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> believe achieve. Believe achieve. And that goes for anyone that's watching. Anything you want to do in life, anything, if you believe it, you'll achieve it. You'll manifest it. You will attract it into your world. Anything is possible. Believe me, because I'm living proof of it. Believe, achieve. That's the one. What inspiration. Woo! Can't wait to end it. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ta-da!